Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 617 for the 4th of November, 2018. This week, Snagit, the screen capture application that's been popular with documentation specialists and lots of other people since the early 1990s, continues to receive updates, and the 2019 edition adds unusual functions that won't appeal to everyone, but will delight some users. In short circuits, Adobe's website application Dreamweaver CC 2019 receives several new tools that will please advanced developers. Microsoft repeatedly breaks the feature that's supposed to keep external disk drives from disconnecting, but there's a free solution, not from Microsoft. The Surface Pro 6 tablet from Microsoft is an ideal computer for those on the go, but desk-bound users have better options. Cyber Security Awareness Month may be over, but it's important to keep security top of mind all year. In spare parts only on the website, Apple's big annual event was in Brooklyn this year, and the latest iPad might outshine new MacBooks and Mac Minis. Girl Scouts of the USA are using online video and social media as a recruiting tool, and several consumer groups are asking the Federal Trade Commission to examine sneaky practices used by some developers of apps for children. TechSmith's Snagit is the screen capture program that has had a lock on the classification of applications since the early 1990s. When I wrote about Snagit in those days, I sometimes said the program could not be improved. Eventually, I stopped doing that because the developers kept finding new features to add or processes that they could improve. That continues with the 2019 version of Snagit, but the four primary new features are ones that won't appeal to all users. They will, however, become immediately essential for some users. Let's start with the Simplify tool. Some screen captures are simply too complex, and the important information gets buried. It's important to make that critical information more obvious. Boxes or highlights are the most common options now, but arrows and other graphic elements work too. In some cases, the blur effect can be used to make unimportant parts of the screen unreadable. The Simplify tool takes another approach. It attempts to identify text and then replace the text, or object that it finds, with a colored line or shape. The advantage is that colored lines retain the general shape of the text. Ideally, Snagit should be able to add these lines without a background color, but transparency isn't yet supported. Second is the option to combine images. Documentation writers sometimes need to illustrate a multi-step process that requires several images. If each step requires a significant amount of explanation, using multiple images is easy. But sometimes the steps may involve nothing more than click here. In those kinds of situations, it's better to combine several screen images into a single image. 
This has been possible, but the manual process involves copying one screenshot and pasting it into another, then aligning the images and getting them spaced properly. The Combine Images function allows the user to select several individual images and then have Snagit's editor combine the images in a portrait or landscape arrangement. The combined image can then be edited as desired. The third new feature is called Smart Move. This might be the most popular of the new features because the user can now move text and objects around on the screen. This could be done in the past, but the process would leave large holes. Now Snagit tries to clean up the background when text is moved. You'll see an example on the TechBiter Worldwide website this week. In the example, I used a Microsoft website. A designer might be considering changes to the site and want to create a reference image that a team can consider. One of the images I show is the Microsoft website as it appeared on the 28th of October. In the second image, I've moved the menu, changed some of the menu names, and moved some text blocks and a button to new positions. And in a third image, the change I made reflects a new name for a computer. Changes like these can be made quickly and easily in Snagit 2019, and the results are far better than what could have been achieved before. And the fourth new item I'd like you to take a look at is Grab Text. Now, your first thought about Snagit's ability to grab text might be, why? After all, websites and many applications make it possible to just scrape text from the screen right to the computer's buffer, and from there you can paste it and do whatever you want with it. But what about an image that contains text? Well, that's where Snagit 2019 comes in. I started with some scanned text from the Franklin County Board of Elections. Because it's a scan, there are no actual letters in the captured image, just pixels. Now, for the small amount of text shown on the TechBiter Worldwide website, simply retyping wouldn't be a problem. But if you have a full page of text, or several pages of text, that might be problematic. In addition to capturing just the text, this new function also grabs the formatting, which makes it a lot more useful. So Snagit's new optical character recognition is a welcome addition. It's a feature that won't be used as much as the common functions, but it joins those other three new capabilities in giving users new ways to do what they need to do. In short circuits, Adobe's Dreamweaver 2019 gets some powerful new developer features. It's the website development tool, and the 2019 Creative Cloud Edition adds features that are intended for experienced developers. Code refactoring, for example, is a time-consuming task. It involves restructuring existing code to improve functionality without changing the external behavior of the code and with the goal of improving code readability and reducing code complexity. Refactoring can improve code maintainability. Usually, many tiny changes are introduced. When done well, code refactoring helps developers discover and fix hidden bugs and vulnerabilities by simplifying the underlying logic and eliminating unnecessary levels of complexity. When done poorly, refactoring can change the functionality and introduce new bugs. The new feature in Dreamweaver allows the user to refactor HTML code, PHP, and JavaScript. 
Refactor appears in a context menu that appears when the user right-clicks in code view. Dreamweaver now also supports ECMAScript 6. If you're not a developer, you're probably wondering what the heck is ECMAScript 6. Well, it's the scripting language specification created to standardize JavaScript, which is the most common implementation of ECMAScript. The scripting language is used for most browser-based functions, but it can also be used on servers with Node.js. Supporting ECMAScript 6 means that developers can work with the latest JavaScript updates. And some security enhancements have been added to the 2019 version of Dreamweaver. These include the latest versions of OpenSSH and OpenSSL, LibCurl, Node.js, and Zlib. If you're a developer, you'll recognize the importance of those. If not, just know that they are worthy enhancements. Dreamweaver is now integrated with an updated version of the Chromium Embedded Framework, or CEF, so that LiveView renders pages designed using CSS grid layouts properly. The Chromium Embedded Framework is an open-source framework that embeds a web browser engine based on the Chromium core. It's intended to allow developers to add new browser control and implement an HTML5-based layout GUI, or graphical user interface if you wish, in a desktop application. In this case, the desktop application is Dreamweaver, but Adobe uses CEF integration in Acrobat, Edge Animate, and Edge Reflow. By default, Windows allows external USB drives to be powered down when they're not in use. The problem with that feature is that it causes more problems than it solves most of the time. Forums, blogs, and support groups are full of discussions about this issue, which Microsoft seems to fix occasionally and then break again with a new Windows update. My computer has four physical drives in a single enclosure and these present six logical drives to the operating system. When the operating system turns off the drives, several bad things happen. Outlook can no longer find its file on drive D and has to be restarted. OneDrive loses connection to local files, and the same happens to Google Drive, and all six drives disappear from the Windows File Explorer. Ideally, fixing this would involve using the control panel's device manager to disable the function that says, allow the computer to turn off this device to save power. And you'd be able to set that option for all USB controllers. In fact, you can do that, and it used to work. It doesn't now. Those who contact Microsoft support will be told to check this option, even though Microsoft support technicians should know that it doesn't work. Registry edits are suggested sometimes, and some people recommend a PowerShell script. None of those works for me. Fortunately, there is a workaround using a small free utility called Keep Alive HD. The utility occasionally writes a tiny file to each disk drive you specify so that the operating system thinks the drive is in use all the time and won't allow the drive that's connected to a USB port to go to sleep. The default setting has the application write a file every 7 seconds. That seemed excessive, so I increased it to 10 minutes, but later moved it back to 2 minutes. You can experiment with any setting between 1 second and 100 days. 
There's an option for Keep Alive HD to read instead of write, but write seems to be a better option. Select the Enabled checkbox and then add the drive to the list of drives that you want to protect. On the Settings tab, you can set Keep Alive HD to run when Windows starts. That's a good idea. To minimize it to the tray and to minimize instead of close when the close button is pressed. That last option eliminates the ability to close the application by accident. You can have Keep Alive HD delete the file it writes. I decided not to do that for several reasons. First, the file is tiny. Each new file does overwrite the old file, so you don't get a collection of files. And the file contains a timestamp, so you can confirm the process is working. The file keepalivehd.txt will be written to the drive's root unless you specify a directory, and it will contain text like this. This file was generated by a Keep Alive HD application on 10-31-2018, 7.58.50 a.m. So if Windows keeps shutting down your external hard drives and you'd like to stop that behavior, just download the free Keep Alive HD from its location on GitHub. There's a link to there from the TechPyter Worldwide website. And if you like it, consider donating to the author. Microsoft released its original Surface tablet six years ago. At the time, I thought, hmm, interesting. Then came the Surface Pro 2, which was more interesting, and the Surface Pro 3, which I liked almost enough to buy one. I came on board with the Surface Pro 4. The screen is too small. I mean, it's a little device you carry around with you. The keyboard is an extra cost add-on. The virtual keyboard doesn't offer a swipe function that even the most basic smartphones do. But it's a handy little device. It's perfect for traveling. And if you have a docking station, it can even be connected to two high-resolution monitors. Surface devices are generally more expensive than competing devices, but there is now a wide range of prices, from $400 for a barely usable Surface Go to $2,300 for a Surface Pro 6 with an Intel i7 processor, 16 gigabytes of RAM, and a 1 terabyte SSD. For each of those computers, you will still need to spend another $260 for the combined keyboard and cover, and the pen. If you need that kind of power, you'd probably be better off with some of the competitors. A Surface Pro 6 with an i5 processor, less RAM, and a much smaller hard drive starts at $900, plus the necessary optional keyboard and pen for $260. Last year, the virtual keyboard received an essentially worthless upgrade that allows limited swipe typing. Among the many problems, it works only with the tiny phone-like virtual keyboard, not any of the larger versions. And even that function works only with a limited number of applications. Not even some common Microsoft applications work with swipe typing. So beware if that's an important option for you. Instead of the virtual keyboard, using the handwriting recognition panel is promising. Microsoft has done an excellent job with that feature, but correcting mistakes can be a little clumsy. Overall, the Surface devices are specialized computers, perfect for those who need to be mobile with a full computer, or who need a computer that's also a tablet. 
those who have no need for those capabilities will be better off with more standard computers. The 15th Annual Cybersecurity Awareness Month ended on October 31st, but the importance of maintaining security and being aware of threats never ends. The month-long event is led by the National Cybersecurity Alliance and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Security measures aren't just for businesses, organizations, and government agencies. Home users have challenges that have to be addressed, and threats vary with the ages of the computer users in your home. Children may have connected toys. Adults use smart home applications that can be controlled remotely. And teens stay connected with social media. Adults generally teach children basic safety precautions, such as not talking to strangers and looking both ways before crossing the street. Today's children need to learn about careful sharing of information, too, and about understanding the value of personal information and more. For guidelines about teaching children, teens, and adults how to stay safe online, check out the National Cyber Security Alliance website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. Some 77% of U.S. adults now own smartphones, and about 20% of those use only smartphones when connecting to the Internet. These devices contain a lot of information about the user, including contact numbers, photos, and locations. That information is valuable to data thieves, and the NCSA has recommendations for securing the information on mobile devices. There's a link to that also from the TechBiter Worldwide website. So although it's no longer Cybersecurity Awareness Month, it's important to be cautious, if not paranoid, about using connected devices. You can turn your paranoia down a bit when you visit spare parts only on the TechBiter Worldwide website. This week, Apple's big annual event was in Brooklyn this year. The latest iPads might outshine new MacBooks and Mac Minis. Girl Scouts of the USA are using online video and social media as a recruitment tool. And several consumer groups are asking the Federal Trade Commission to examine sneaky practices used by some developers of apps for children. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.